Welcome to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored books, and now my newest book, Super Gut, a book that gives you a blueprint on rebuilding a healthy microbiome to take back control over weight, health, and aging. In this episode of Define Health, let's clear up some misconceptions about lactose intolerance. Intolerance to dairy products is common, estimated to cause gastrointestinal distress in 50 to 75% of adults. Lactose intolerance is presumptively due to difficulty with digestion of lactose, the primary sugar in dairy products. The abdominal discomfort, excessive gas, bloating, and diarrhea is often attributed to intolerance or inability to digest lactose, and sufferers are advised to avoid dairy products. But is this true? Is it accurate to assume that adverse reactions to dairy products are due to intolerance to lactose? Let's discuss why this assumption, while sometimes true, can also lead you down a misguided path fraught with long-term health problems. Of course, I will then discuss better solutions in case you are not just lactose intolerant, but have other issues that you must deal with. Later in the podcast, let's talk about Defiant Health's sponsor, Paleo Valley. Their fermented, grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein rich in collagen, organic super greens, and low-carb super food bars have among the cleanest ingredient lists in the industry. They are also expanding their wild pastures service that delivers 100% grass-fed and finished pastured meats obtained from a regenerative family farm right to your door. Let's talk about how the thinking about this issue of lactose intolerance has undergone some changes in the last few years, so much so that many people who thought or were advised by their doctor that they were lactose intolerant really are not. That's a major change because the alternative explanation for this presumed lactose intolerance could be very important for your overall health and not knowing that has major implications for your long-term health and welfare. So let's talk about why lactose intolerance is not always lactose intolerance. First of all, it's helpful to know that virtually all infants, all babies that are born are lactose tolerant. They have to be, right? Because humans, like all other mammals, are meant to survive on human breast milk. And if an infant cannot survive on human breast milk, the baby will die unless it's in the modern world we have other choices like formula, which is still a problematic choice. But nonetheless, in the modern setting, we have some choices. But in the wild setting, that is the situation that prevailed for the first several million years of human life on this planet, there was no better choice. And if an infant could not breastfeed, it would not survive. So by necessity, nature has provided for all newborn babies to be lactose tolerant, to digest and break down and take advantage of the nutrients in human breast milk, lactose being the major sugar in breast milk, along with human milk oligosaccharides that are also very important. Uh, I discussed that in a separate Divine Health podcast, if you're interested. So we are all born being tolerant to lactose. The only rare exceptions, that is children who are not tolerant to lactose, is very rare. It's genetically determined, 
and only a handful of cases have ever been described. So for all practical purposes, all infants, all humans, early in life are lactose tolerant. But as the baby grows and about age between six and eight or 10 or so for most children, most children normally become less lactose tolerant. Now, it's important to know that virtually everybody has some tolerance to lactose, and that's because microbes in the human microbiome, particularly in the colon, do have the capacity to digest at least some lactose. So most people can consume lactose and tolerate it reasonably well. It's typically when you exceed about 12 grams of lactose, that's the quantity in about eight ounces of milk, only when you exceed that 12 grams or so, it varies from individual to individual, of course, but typically when you exceed 12 grams is when you start to show symptoms of lactose intolerance, gas, bloating, diarrhea, sometimes emotional and mental symptoms like mental fog or anger or anxiety. This happens in about 50 to 75% of children. It varies depending on ethnicity, uh, region, heritage, genetics. But the majority of children normally develop limited lactose tolerance, sometimes labeled lactose intolerance. And this, of course, continues into adulthood, where most people remain lactose intolerant, only limited tolerance, have limited tolerance. Now, there's great regional variation in the capacity to tolerate lactose. For instance, people of Northern European descent, especially people in Finland, Sweden, Norway, and Belgium, and Germany, most people in those locations, the majority retain the capacity to digest lactose and lactose intolerant is uncommon. But then you have parts of South Africa, East Asia, and other parts of the world, and South America also, where the minority of people are lactose tolerant. And the difference is in people in Northern Europe have a long history of having domesticated ruminants mostly cows and other creatures, for their breast milk. And so about 10,000 years ago, there's been enough time for some populations to develop a variant that allows them to consume lactose as adults and use the, the lactose for calories and nutrition. Most people lose it, but people of Northern European descent and some other variants will maintain the ability to digest lactose. So it varies from ethnic group to ethnic group and different countries. Now, the lactase enzyme that's meant to digest lactose, that is this enzyme that most people lose at, during a childhood, this enzyme is meant to line the small intestine, mostly the jejunum. And so this enzyme starts to disappear as an older child. But it means that if lactose is undigested because of the absence of lactase, undigested lactose makes its way to the colon where bacteria there can ferment it and can result in excessive gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other symptoms. So it's undigested lactose that presumptively gets to the colon where it becomes fermented to gases and causes these symptoms. The Defiant Health Podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley, makers of delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other products. We are very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, and of course, no added sugars. And all Paleo Valley products contain no gluten nor grains. In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category, and they're truly delicious. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in their lifestyles. 
Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, the Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. And now, Paleo Valley is expanding their Wild Pastures program that provides 100% grass-fed, grass-finished pastured beef and pastured chicken and pork, raised without herbicides or pesticides and raised in the USA. And they've just added wild-caught seafood caught from the waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. They're now offering a 20% lifetime discount on every order for a limited time. I'll post the web address in the Defiant Health show notes. Shipping for Paleo Valley products is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the coupon code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount to Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. And be sure to take a look at their other products, such as their organic super greens, rich with phytonutrients, and their super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, and lemon meringue. They're low carb, of course, with eight grams net carbs per bar. Now, it's also important to distinguish lactose intolerance from milk protein allergy. Those are two different things, even though both come from exposure to dairy. So lactose intolerance is dominated by the gastrointestinal symptoms, that is bloating, gas, diarrhea, and sometimes emotional effects. But milk allergy is accompanied by the same gastrointestinal symptoms, bloating, gas, diarrhea, but also accompanied by allergic reactions such as a skin rash like hives, or itchy eyes and itchy nose and runny nose, or asthma, or eczema. So allergic phenomena that accompany gastrointestinal symptoms after exposure to dairy is more consistent with cow milk allergy. And the solutions, the ways to deal with that are different than dealing with lactose intolerance. So let's get back to lactose intolerance. Here's one of the problems with many of the studies that purported to document that people develop lactose intolerance. So what they do in many studies, they test hydrogen gas in the breath. Because when you have an undigested sugar or carbohydrate, such as lactose, bacteria can convert that sugar or carbohydrate to hydrogen gas. Now that's supposed to occur normally, in the normal situation, in the colon. So if lactose or any other sugar or fiber for that matter makes it to the colon 24 feet down from the mouth, and it produces hydrogen gas, that's normal. What is abnormal is hydrogen gas produced early after the ingestion of lactose or other sugar. So if you were to say drink a glass of milk or eat some beans or take some inulin in your coffee, these are factors, these are nutrients that microbes can consume and convert to hydrogen gas and other nutrients. If you turn positive within 90 minutes, that is a very strong sign that you have bacteria in the upper GI tract, in the small bowel, in the 24 feet of small bowel. So in other words, if you consume something with lactose or any other sugar or fiber, and you produce hydrogen gas in the first 90 minutes after consumption, that is not lactose intolerance. It is due to SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, signifying that microbes, unhealthy microbes, mostly stool or fecal species, are living in your small bowel and converting those sugars and carbohydrates to gas and measured as hydrogen gas in your breath. Unfortunately, many of the studies called this 
lactose intolerance, thinking that it was due to the lack of the lactase enzyme in the small bowel. But these people, many of these people in many of these studies, turned positive, hydrogen gas positive, at 30 minutes or 45 minutes, or 60 minutes, or even 90 minutes, and that is SIBO. That is not lactose intolerance. Now, you can have both, by the way. You can have both SIBO and lactose intolerance, but in this case, where you turn positive before 90 minutes, that is virtually always SIBO. Yet, it was labeled as lactose intolerance, and in many studies, and many people who experience gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other symptoms like that upon consuming dairy don't recognize that any reaction within the first 90 minutes is not lactose intolerance. It's SIBO. Now, that's a very, very important distinction to make. Because if you were led to believe that you had lactose intolerance or your doctor told you had lactose intolerance because you reacted negatively to dairy products, but you really had SIBO, well, that means you're not addressing SIBO. And that has very serious long-term consequences. So recall, those of you who are not yet familiar with SIBO, this is a situation where something has disrupted your intestinal microbiome, the microbes in your colon, typically antibiotics, but other things too, like emulsifying agents in ice cream and salad dressing, or synthetic sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose, chlorinated drinking water, stomach acid blocking drugs, anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and naproxen, on and on and on. Numerous drugs and other factors disrupt the human microbiome. And in many instances, these disruptive factors cause loss of important species that in turn allow unhealthy, mostly fecal microbes to proliferate. This means that species like E. coli and Klebsiella and Citrobacter and Pseudomonas proliferate, but then they also can ascend into the 24 feet of small bowel, which is a, re a remarkable thing when you think about it. Microbes climbing up three times the height of your ceiling of the room you're sitting in. So 24 feet of microbes, trillions of microbes, Microbes don't live for years, they live for hours. And so trillions of microbes turning over rapidly during their short lives, when they die, much of the debris, mostly deriving from their cell walls, enters the bloodstream. And that's the process of endotoxemia, because what's being released into the bloodstream is endotoxin from the cell walls. So there's a flood of endotoxin into the bloodstream, and that has effects body-wide. So SIBO, 30 feet of microbes, exporting their endotoxin to other parts of the body. And this now explains why microbes in the GI tract can be experienced as a skin rash, like rosacea or psoriasis or eczema, or as a brain effect, like depression or seizures or Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's dementia, or as painful joints and muscle, as in fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis or polymyalgia rheumatica, or as a metabolic condition with in increased insulin resistance and increased blood sugar and blood pressure, as in hypertension, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, and weight gain and obesity. In other words, if you thought your re adverse reaction to dairy was lactose intolerant, and the only step you took was to reduce or eliminate dairy products, but you really had SIBO, do you appreciate just what a big deal this could be? That you could develop something like diverticular disease, or Parkinson's disease, or type 2 diabetes, or substantial weight gain, or even colon cancer, because you failed to address the massive disruption of the microbiome in your 
GI tract. So don't assume you have lactose intolerance just because you are intolerant to dairy products. But think about if you have an adverse reaction to dairy within the first 90 minutes of consumption, that is more than likely SIBO and deal with that as SIBO. And by the way, once you correct SIBO, many people, not everybody, but many people become lactose tolerant. And that's because microbes in the small bowel disrupt the digestive process. And that was being experienced, what you thought was lactose intolerance. Now, if you don't know what I mean by Explore SIBO, I've got other episodes in my Defiant Health podcast talking at greater length about SIBO. There's also plenty of talk about SIBO in my blog, the drdavisinfinitehealth.com blog. Also, lots of conversations in my book, Super Gut, that shows you how to identify SIBO, how you can validate whether it's present or not, using devices like the air device to measure hydrogen gas, and then what you can do about it. There is a lot of things you can do about it. And by the way, you don't have to consult the doctor to manage this. There are tools you can use on your own safely and effectively. Now, if you learned something from this Fine Health podcast, I encourage you to subscribe through your favorite podcast directory. Post a review, post a comment, and tell your friends. Because what we're trying to do here is empower people in their own health to be as free of the healthcare system as possible. Thanks for listening.